in Jesus' name. Acts chapter number 19, starting at verse number 21. It's up on the screen there, Acts 19, starting at verse number 21. Give great honor to each and every last one of you who are there here today. Give great honor to Brother Carson. Give honor to my father, Bishop Robinson. Give honor to my pastor, Jeffrey Harpo. Give honor to those men of God that are in my life, and I thank God for them. Give honor to my beautiful wife, my companion, Sister Robinson. I thank God for her and my wonderful family. The Bible says, after these things were ended, whenever I give honor to my wife, let's just pause for a moment. Come on, we can do a little bit better than that. I give honor to Sister Robinson. The Bible says, after these things were ended, Paul purposed in his spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Asia to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he sent unto Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, Timotheus, who is also known as Timothy, and Aratus, who is also known as Aratus. But he himself stayed in Asia for a season. And the same time, there arose no small stir about that way, meaning there was no small stir about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because when you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's going to be a stir. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. That means he made a lot of money because he made silver for this goddess, whom he called together with the other workmen of like occupation and said, Sirs, you know that by this craft we have our wealth. This is how we make our money. This is how we provide for our family. Moreover, you see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost all throughout all Asia. But this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands. So that not only uh, this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised. The Bible uh, let, lets us know, going back up to verse number 26, it says, Moreover, you see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that there be no gods which are made with hands, so that not only this, our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. I want to preach this for a moment. I want everyone just to say this word with me, manifest. I want to preach today on a manifest revival. We need a revival of manifestation. I want to preach on manifest revival. If you believe in the manifestation of God's power, someone just lift your hands and shout hallelujah. Come on, shout hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, in the book of Matthew, chapter number 6, a large part of Jesus' teaching is, is how to pray. If you read Matthew 6, it deals with how to pray, but it also deals with how you should handle your money. The Bible says in Matthew, chapter number 6, verse number 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The Bible says that no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. The Bible says you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is money. You cannot serve God and 
money. He puts emphasis on that fact because there are a lot of people uh, that go after occupations and jobs and certain things that can secure them in the natural and they end up being a servant to that very thing. It is important, my friend, I live by this model and I encourage you to live by this model as well. Don't let your blessing become a distraction because then it's no longer a blessing. See, many of us receive income and higher jobs and greater pay and promotions and then all of a sudden we start worshiping that thing to, that, to the point to where that's all that consumes us. We just want to receive more money and more money and more money. My friend, if you just do right, live right, pay your tithes right, give your offerings, I'm telling you, God will exceed the abundance of everything that you ask or even think. It's important for us to understand because Ephesus was the capital and the leading business center of the Roman province of Asia. The Bible says that Paul shows up preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when you begin to preach the full gospel, the complete doctrine of Jesus Christ, there will be a stir. Before Paul was even preaching in Acts chapter number 19, you can even flip back a couple chapters to Acts chapter number 17. Paul is causing problems in the church at Thessalonica. He's causing problems in the world, excusing, excuse me, as he's starting a church in Thessalonica. The Bible says in Acts 17, starting at verse number 1, it says they came to Thessalonica where was a synagogue of the Jews. And verse 2 says, and Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them three Sabbath days, reasoning with them out of the scripture, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered. He had to come and die for our sins. And I'm talking about this man named Jesus, whom I preach unto you. He is the Christ. Paul was trying to help them to understand that this same Jesus that came and died for our sins, he is the Messiah, that he was the mighty God in the flesh, that the one that you crucified is both Lord and Christ. He's the Alpha and he's the Omega. He's the beginning and he is the end. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. He was not just some man. He was not John the Baptist. He was not Elijah. He was not one of the prophets. No, this was God manifested in the flesh. You need to understand that this is the God that we preach about here today. The gospel hasn't changed. The word hasn't changed. Why? Because Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if we believe God to do things and we read in the scripture where God was doing phenomenal and extraordinary things, why do we not believe in that same Jesus today? I'm here to tell you, I'm here to preach under the unction of the Holy Ghost that the same God that has done it before, he's the same God that can do it right now. I know we're going through troubles in this church. I know our family members are going through diseases and sicknesses in this church but I'm believing for God to manifest his power upon the people if I've got two or three believers won't you leap to your feet clap your hands and magnify the name of Jesus So it's important for us to see because everywhere that Paul went, he caused a stir. Everywhere he went, he was causing a stir. We see that in Acts chapter number 17. If you read Acts chapter number 18, you'll read that as well. That's when he's in Corinth. And Acts chapter number 19, that is when he is in Ephesus. Now, I want to pause here for a moment. Because when you read the Bible, it is important to read it with context. This is important here. If you want to take notes on this, please take notes on this part right here. Because when you read the Bible, read it with understanding of the context that you're reading it in. See, many times people are reading the New Testament scriptures, the letters that God, that, excuse me, that Paul wrote to 
the people in Thessalonica, in Corinth, in Ephesus, in all the different places where Paul went to start churches. When he was writing those letters, he was already writing to an established church. He wasn't writing to people that had not repented, been baptized in the lovely name of Jesus and not been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. No, those people had already experienced a born again process. So when he's writing to those people, he's just encouraging them. He's just admonishing them. He, he is elevating their faith. And see, too many people take the letters of Paul and they misunderstand him saying, well, I don't need to be baptized. Look, Paul isn't writing about that. He's not writing about it because they've already been baptized. So that's why in Acts chapter number 19, when Paul's getting ready to start this church in Ephesus, he comes across some disciples and says, hey, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I love that question because it challenges the mind of the educator. It challenges the mind of the unbeliever that those that don't believe in speaking in tongues and being filled with the Holy Ghost and all they say is, well, I believe then I'm okay. As long as I believe and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that means I have the spirit dwelling on the inside of me. But Paul didn't ask that question he says have you received the holy ghost since you believed because it's one thing to believe it's a whole nother thing to be endowed with power from, oh i wish i had a church and i feel like preaching tonight he says have you received the holy ghost since you believe they said we never heard of the holy ghost he said well how was you baptized he said we was baptized on a john's baptism he said that's a good thing right there but john said you gotta believe on the one that came after him and when they heard this, the Bible says they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. But Paul said, you better not leave. Don't go home yet. Don't walk out the church yet because there's still a born again of the spirit that needs to take place. And the Bible says that when Paul laid his hands upon them, they received the gift of the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. because we must be born of the water and of the spirit or you cannot enter into the kingdom do we still believe that in this church it is a process and it takes both so stop trying to tell people that you're okay and that you're going to heaven and you know they have not been baptized and you know they have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost my friend it takes both we must repent and be born again of water and the spirit and I'm not ashamed of it why, why can you preach so boldly, preacher? Because it's the word of God. If, if it was the word of men, I wouldn't be so bold about that. But because it's the word of God, I can preach it with boldness knowing that Jesus has validated me. Why has he validated me? Because I'm validating his word. And I went over some of your heads right there, but that's okay. That's all right. The Bible says that we are ambassadors of Christ. He will validate you if you validate his word. If you preach it, don't water it down. Don't, don't, don't try to walk around. It. Well, I don't want to offend nobody. No, 
because you must understand that when Samuel was upset because they wanted a king Samuel went back to God complaining God told Samuel they're not rejecting you they are rejecting me my friend you got to understand that when you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to people they're not rejecting you they're rejecting him and my job is to stand flat footed and say you must be born again of the water and of the spirit Amen. Well, well, Paul still calls in a stir because when you preach the gospel like this and, and when you preach it with, uh, with faith and with fervency and with force and with boldness, if you will, see, things are going to take place. The Bible says in verse number 11 of Acts chapter 19, and they brought uh, and God brought special miracles by the hands of Paul. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs and aprons. And the Bible says, and the disease departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them. See, that's why, church, we believe in prayer clause. This isn't something that we just made up. This isn't a denominational thing that we just made up. No, this is a Bible thing that when we anoint this cloth by the authority of his word and by the power that's in the name of Jesus, the same God that brought healings and miracles and cast out devils by the very aprons and handkerchiefs is the same God that's able to do the exact same thing. Somebody's going to leave here today elevated in their faith. Somebody is. And that's why we believe in this, my friend. You hear me? Because this is Bible. It's not formality. It's Bible. I, I, I don't know, but I want to tell someone in the Holy Ghost that I've already anointed this cloth and I've already prayed over this thing. And there's somebody here today that needs this. There's somebody here today that needs to lay this upon their body. There's someone here today that needs to lay this upon a family member's body. There's somebody here today that needs this, that says, Pastor, I'll take this thing. Pastor, I'll I, I do it. Sister Rhoda, you just, amen. I knew you was coming up here. Praise God. In the name of Jesus, God, wherever this lays, whoever this lays upon, we believe by the authority of your word and by the power that's in the name of Jesus that diseases will fall, sickness will be healed, devils will flee in Jesus' name. I wonder if I got somebody to raise to your feet just for a moment. Come on, we're going to take 30 seconds and magnify the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, hold on. I, I, I got to go somewhere very quickly, and I'm looking at that time back there. Amen. You're not the only one that's got school tomorrow. I got school tomorrow, too. Praise God. Uh-huh. And so listen to me here, because verse number 13 says, because whenever the power of God is moving, the devil will always try to mimic the move of the Spirit. Always. He's not changed. That's it. He's just going to try to mimic the moving of the spirit. Amen. 
That's it. And so the Bible says in verse 13, there were certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits. The name of the Lord Jesus saying, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preached. Now to give a little bit of clarity and, and, and foundation here, vagabond Jews were people who traveled from town to town making a living, listen to this, making a living, profiting off false teaching. Profiting, uh, I, I can continue to go there. But they went from town to town making a living by claiming to heal and cast out demons. Often they would recite a whole list of names during their rants to be sure of including the right deity. Here they were trying to use the name of Jesus in an effort to match Paul's power. But there is no matching the power without the power. Hallelujah. There, there is no educational book big enough. There's no school wise enough to teach you how to fight against the spirits of this world. My friend, you need the power of the Holy Ghost. And if you ain't got the Holy Ghost, you better be around somebody that's got the Holy Ghost. That's why. That's why I enjoy coming to the house of the Lord because I need to be surrounded by people with power. I need to be surrounded by people with authority that when they call upon the name of Jesus, demons begin to back up and say, Paul, I know, Jesus, I know, SCC, I know, because they got power to live right, power to overcome the works of the devil. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord and Shout power. Ah, oh, hallelujah. Why? Why would he know SCC? Uh-huh. Why? Why? Because you've got power. And you shall receive power. When though? After the Holy Ghost. No, 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 no. Hear me. You shall receive power not after you believe. But the power comes after the Holy Ghost. Pastor, I can't stop this. I can't stop watching this. I can't stop looking at that. I can't stay away from this. You need power. I said you need Holy Ghost power. You don't need false power. You don't need the world's power. Can I go a little bit deeper? You don't need a drug. You don't need an alcohol. You don't need a pill. You don't need a high. You don't need a club. You don't need any of that. But you need Holy Ghost power. Power, power to live right, power to talk right, power to overcome the works of the world. And so, uh huh. So, 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 we can't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said it in Romans 1:16, "For I am not ashamed of the gospel." of Christ we can't be ashamed of what you believe Oof. well I, I can't continue on I'm gonna say right here you can't be ashamed of what you believe 
So you can't be ashamed of being modest because that's the gospel of Christ. You can't be ashamed of covering yourself, even though, oh, it's getting quiet right here. That's okay. I'm going to preach anyway. Uh-huh. It's going to get quiet. It's going to get quiet. It's all right. It, no, y'all sit down. Y'all, uh, 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 uh. See, you can't be ashamed of covering yourself when the world wants to reveal themselves because that's part of the gospel. You can't be ashamed to step out of that bedroom and tell that boy, no, I'm not messing with you. Or tell that girl, I'm not messing with you because I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's part of the gospel too. We can't be ashamed of who we are. I want to live right. I want to talk right. I want to dress right. I want to be holy. I want to be modest. I want to... I want to be a child of God. So I'm not ashamed. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. See, some of us do a good job. Oh, sister, you, you got to repent. You got to be baptized. Oh, yes, you do. You got to be baptized. Oh, oh, yes, uh-huh. But what about the way you talk? But what about the way you walk? What about the way you live? How about how you treat your wife? How about how you treat your husband? See, that's, that's the gospel as well. And so we can't be ashamed of that. That's why I don't curse. When I get mad, the Bible says you can be angry, just don't sin. So I'm going to toss a couple tables, but no cuss words are going to come out my mouth because you can be angry, but sin not. I can be upset with my wife, but I'm not going to put my hands on her. Amen. She better not put her hands on me either. There will be some furniture moving up in here. But that's it, just furniture moving. Amen. Why? Because there's a mutual respect for one another. There's a love for one another. Why? Because that's part of the gospel as well. That's part of the, the complete gospel. I'm talking about preaching the complete gospel of Christ. No, we can't just choose one thing and leave out the other. Amen. So that means we got to treat our bodies right. Give me 1 Corinthians 6, 19. I'll give you Bible. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which God gave that to you, and you don't own your own body? Now, I know that's contradicting to the world. They say, this is my body, and I get to make decisions about my body. You need to understand something. Yes, that is your body, but your body belongs to God. So, therefore, before I make a decision of what happens to my body, I've got to put him first. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I'm walking on thin ice right now, but it's okay. I got on my ice shoes. I'm gliding through this right here. I'm just gliding right on through it. So therefore, that's why I don't pierce my body because this body's not my own. That's why I don't have loops and things all over my body because this body's not my own. So before I go piercing myself or putting some type of thing in my body, I got to say, Lord, this is not my body. This is your body. That's why I don't tattoo myself. It's important. People have come up to me a lot and said, Pastor, I've got a lot of tattoos. Is that wrong? I say, no, because you did it in ignorance. You, you, you did it. When I say ignorance, I'm talking about not understanding. 
You, you're not understanding. See, see, when my three-year-old runs across the street, I can't yell at her, but I've got to educate her and say, look, baby, you can't do that. you got to walk across the street with mom and dad. Why? See, they don't understand the danger that is around them. But yet, if my 16-year-old runs across the street like that, well, it's going to be a problem. Because you know better than that. And see, sometimes the enemy will trick you and pull you into a way of life to where all of a sudden you start doing things to your body, not remembering that your body is not your own. But that's okay. We serve a merciful God. We serve a gracious God. We serve a God that loves you so much. Despite what you've done to your body, you can say, Lord, I'm here to give my body back to you. I wish I had a witness in here that's ever gone down the wrong way. But then God got a hold of your heart and you're here to say, Lord, I'm here to give my body back to you. I wish I had a few people that would rise to your feet, clap your hands, and magnify the name of Jesus. Amen. Because I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So don't be asking me to go to the club. I don't want to go anywhere where there's uh, worldly music. Oh, I'm just preaching to the adults. Okay. That's why I don't go to school dances that have worldly music. Don't come ask me. Well, Pastor, what do you think? No. I'm going to just go to the word. And here's what the Bible says. Now it's up to you to make the decision between your life, your body, and him. See, that, that, that's why I don't put myself in positions. Oh, no, it, it's okay, Pastor. We're not doing anything. Everybody just in there just kind of hanging out, you know. There's certain dance moves I want to do right now, but I want to stay in the Lord right now. I want to stay in the spirit. And so it's okay. You know, we're not bumping and grinding and doing all, no, no, no. It's, see, you don't understand the power of music and the spirit that it has. And, and then that stuff just gets into your heart and your spirit. And now all of a sudden you're thinking about things. All of a sudden you're dreaming about things. All of a sudden you, oh, I wish I had a witness in here. All of a sudden you wondering about things but see I don't have to get caught up in those things why because I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ preacher why are you even talking about this when we're preaching about a manifestation of revival because if we want a manifestation of God's power then we have to be cleansed from the world Uh, let me preach this thing uh, because I'm trying to tell you uh, when we become holy and unholy people will come into a holy atmosphere and they can't help but to change when we get right the Bible says if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray seek my face turn from the wicked ways he said I'll hear from heaven I'll hear from heaven I'll hear from heaven I don't know about you but I need the Lord to hear our cry hear our prayer forgive our sins and heal our land. You know what I feel right now? A moment of worship. That's what I feel in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, every person in here, hands raised. Come on, every person. Come on, young, middle-aged, old. Every person in here, hands raised. Hands raised. Come on, come on. Come on, let's be in the spirit of unity right now. Come on, hands raised. Hands raised. In the name of Jesus. 
Come on, come on, hands raised, hands raised. Come on, hands raised. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I need about five people in each section. Begin a war in the Holy Ghost. Come on, begin a war in the Spirit. Come on, begin a war in the Spirit. Devil, you are a liar. You are a liar. Somebody here today is going to rededicate their body back to the Lord. My body is not my own, but it belongs to God. I'm thankful, Lord, because my body belongs to you. God, he's a way maker. He's a cleanser in the name of Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. 15 more seconds. Let's lift up the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Because when we have an understanding that we are to be pure before God. Hallelujah. Why? Because we need a manifest revival. I am convicted in my heart. You have to hear me right now. I don't want any of our children, our children's children. I don't want anybody in this church to ever say, Pastor, why don't we see it? Pastor, why don't we see it? If God is the same, if he's a miracle worker, why don't we see it? It can happen, church. It can happen. Our God is the same. Our God does not change. I'm telling you, he can heal bodies. He can cure diseases. He can get a hold of people's hearts and cause them to change. I'm telling you, a moment with Jesus. Do I have a witness in here? One moment with Jesus can change your life. Come on, let's worship the Lord just for a moment. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Thank you, Lord. Be seated for a moment. I want you to trust me, church. I'm going somewhere. All right? Trust me, I'm, I'm going somewhere. There's going to be manifestation today. I'm going somewhere. All right? Now listen. When you preach the gospel and believe the gospel and have faith in the gospel and you live the gospel. Are you with me? We have to stop committing fornication against God. I got on my, my ice shoes today. It's okay. We have to stop committing fornication against God. See, but when you preach the gospel and you're not ashamed of the gospel and you live the gospel. In the book of Acts chapter number 19, Paul says, verse 17, and this was known. To all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. And fear fell upon them. What happened? Because those sons of Sceva that tried to use the name without the validation of the name on their life. That spirit said, Paul, I know Jesus, I know, but who are you? I'm thankful 
when I was not living for God, I had a praying mom and dad. When I didn't deserve certain things, I know it was because of their prayers that got me to this point. Who are you? And see, when this happened, when the people realized that there is a real power. I said, there's a real power. You know, that's what keeps me coming back to church because I know there's a real power. If there was no real power, trust me, I would be at home chilling. But there's a real power. And see, when there's a real power, the Bible says it was known to all the Jews and Greeks, also dwelling at Ephesus. And fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came look, look, and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all the men. $50,000 worth, 50,000 pieces worth of silver. The Bible says so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. I'm ready for a manifestation of power, manifestation of revival so bad. I'm talking about where the owners of bars get baptized in the Holy Ghost and they begin to close their bars down saying I have found something greater when the owner of clubs and all type of sex stores that promote fornication begin to shut their doors begin to and they've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and says I have found a greater power I'm telling you that is the manifest revival that I am anticipating But there's something we need to take care of. And I need all the men of God that believe in binding and loosing. <laughs> if you are a man of God that believes in binding and loosing, I just want you to stand to your feet right now. Because I want you to understand this, men of God, that Ephesus was the center of black magic. Ephesus was the center of superstition and sorcery was a commonplace. Ephesus worshiped a goddess by the name of Diana. Supposedly, Diana fell from heaven, the daughter of Jupiter. Diana was regarded as divine and perfect. Diana was worshiped as the moon goddess and the mother of all living things, both mankind and nature. Diana, hear me, was a disguised Jezebel. That's the spirit that we're going to bind in the name of Jesus Christ right there. That's what we're going to bind right there. Now, so that you understand who Jezebel is. The Bible says in 1 Kings 18, 4, for it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord. The name Jezebel means to lack submission or unhusband. That's interesting because she was married. She lacked submission. In the Old Testament, Jezebel was an actual woman in the flesh. In the New Testament, over 1,000 years later, her name was found in the book of Revelations. And now the Lord is teaching the church about the spirit of Jezebel. See, in the Old Testament, Je Jezebel was affecting the nation of Israel. She was married to a king but had no submission. 
She hated the altar of God. She hated preaching. She hated pastors. She killed prophets. Today we deal with the spirit of Jezebel in the church. That spirit submits to no one. Listen, it undermines authority. If something doesn't go their way, they will find another way to get their way. They are always right and the other person is always wrong. A Jezebel spirit completely regards the ways of holiness. I wonder if I've got any faith believers. I wonder if I've got any Holy Ghost filled men that will bind with me right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And we're going to bind the spirit of Jezebel. We're going to bind it in our homes. We're going to bind it in our families. We're going to bind it in this church. We're going to bind it upon young people. We're going to bind it upon the older ones. Come on, I wonder if you will lift your hands and lift your voice. I wonder if someone right now will begin to call upon the name of Jesus. If you would believe right now, we come against the spirit of Jezebel. We come against that spirit that lacks submission. We come against the spirit that tries to take over our homes, tries to take over our families, tries to not allow us to follow the leading of the spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, come on, come on. We bind that spirit. Come on, men of God. Come on, men of God. We're taking authority right now by the authority of his word and by the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I wonder if I've got a few women that would rise to your feet just for a moment and begin to worship and magnify the name of Jesus. Come on, women. Come on, ladies. Come on, lift your hands and lift your voice. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. In the name of Jesus, we believe, Lord. We believe, Lord. We believe, Lord. We believe, Lord. We bind that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, come on. I feel a manifestation shift. I feel a shift in the Holy Ghost. I said I feel a shift in the Holy Ghost. I feel a shift of his power. I feel a shift of his anointing. I feel a shift in the name of Jesus. Neville, you have no authority here. You have no authority here. You have no authority here. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. I wonder all together, can we clap our hands and lift up the name of Jesus together? Paul told Timothy for the time will come where they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lusts they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears but I feel a manifestation shift I said I feel a shift of manifestation in this church in the name of Jesus I'm telling you the spirit of Jezebel will not have authority nor will she have reign in this church and in your home I'm telling you are you hearing me I'm here I'm telling you that spirit is real that spirit is real it's from the Old Testament see people die but the spirit doesn't die so are you hearing what I'm saying right now? Just because Jezebel died, her spirit remains and lives on. So you still got to deal with the spirit. I'm telling you, in order for us to go to the next level, in order for us to receive what God has for us, we got to bind that spirit, which we did. And now we've got to rejoice and believe God because I'm believing that God is going to move upon hearts here today. I'm telling you, if you have sickness in your body, I want you to come to this altar because there's about to be a manifestation of God's power. If you have diseases in your body where the doctor said there's nothing they can do, I want you to come right now to this altar. And I'm telling you, 
there's about to be a manifestation of God's power. If you want to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, come right now to this altar. And there's about to be a manifestation of God's power. If you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, come right now. And I'm telling you, there's about to be a manifestation of God's power. There is nothing my God cannot do. If you believe that right now, I want you to move from your row. Whatever sickness, whatever disease, whatever illness, whatever situation that's going on in your home, we're believing that God will bring forth manifestation tonight. I wonder if somebody would elevate your faith. And when you come down to this altar, don't wait on me to tell you what to do, but let your faith push you to a level that you will begin to worship the Lord. Some of you out there are looking at me, waiting on me to instruct you what to do. But the power of the Holy Ghost needs to move upon your heart, move upon your mind. Help me, God, to elevate my faith.